Hello, everyone, and welcome to the last San Juan Snowcast of the year. I'm your host, Chris. Today is Wednesday, April 6, 2022, and this is episode 24. Closing time. Open all the doors and let you out into the world. That's right, folks. It's closing time. Time to call it a wrap on the 2021-2022 winter season. And what a season it was. We had deep powder days, a few big avalanche cycles, a dastardly midwinter drought, plenty of persistent slab tiptoeing, and even a moment of midwinter low-hazard alpine glory. Turns out, it was a pretty standard San Juan winter, with all the ups and downs that come with living in a continental snowpack where the mountains meet the desert. I know The ski areas are slowly shutting down, the snow is shrinking, and the mud patches are growing. Off-season is officially here, and the exodus has begun. For some folks, the siren call of sand and surf has lured them down to some tropical beach, others are launching fully rigged rafts down remote desert canyons, and some folks are even chasing the dream and pursuing the powder all the way to the Great White North. But for those who have the resilience, the patience, and the empty pockets of a San Juan ski bum, then they know that paradise can be found without driving or flying to some distant locale, but instead right in our backyard, as our treacherous snowpack relents, rolls over, and shows us its corny side. For some San Juan skiers and riders, April is the time for big days and daring descents, and it gives us a chance to get into terrain that we wouldn't dare dream about during most of the winter season. In last week's episode, we talked about when and where to find the good corn, And in this week's episode, we're going to talk about how you can make the most of it. Spring ski mountaineering in the San Juans is simply sublime. And for many folks, it's what we wait for all season long. So, dust off those ski crampons and sharpen up your axe. Because ski mountaineering season is here. And because the snowcast starts now. All right. Well, before we get into the specifics of spring ski mountaineering, let's take one last look at the state of the snowpack. Now, like I predicted in last week's episode, our snowpack has begun its long march towards the ocean. The snowpack of the San Juans, well, it peaked back on March 17th, and despite last week's snowfall, it has been steadily declining ever since. Right now, we're still at 93% of our median snowpack, And we do have a few spring storms on the horizon, but we also can't forget just how much dust is buried in the pack. Looking across the wands, you can already see where surface melting has stripped away the recent snowfall and revealed this dust, especially at lower elevations and on south-facing slopes. And the problem with this dust is that when it appears on the surface of the snow, it dramatically reduces the albedo, or reflectance, of the surface of the snowpack. Now, this seems obvious, but darker surfaces, well, they absorb more solar radiation than lighter colored surfaces. And when that dust is widespread on the surface of the snowpack, it effectively supercharges the snowmelt process. According to Jeff Derry with the Center for Snow and Avalanche Studies in Silverton, dust on snow in the San Juans can advance snowmelt timing up to 50 days earlier. It can also enhance snowmelt runoff intensity 
and decrease overall snowmelt yields. The result of all this dust is that peak runoff can happen on average three weeks earlier than normal, with an estimated 5% reduction of annual stream flow in the Colorado River Basin. So, while we did have a more or less average snowpack in terms of snow water equivalent throughout the season, we may see a very expedited meltout through the rest of April, especially if we get a long stretch of hot sunny weather without overnight freezes. So, there's that. But there's also some good news looking ahead. Starting on Monday, April 11th, we've got a serious period of stormy weather coming our way. Most weather models are showing a big, low-pressure system that's aiming to sweep right across the Four Corners region over the middle of next week. This could give us a healthy dose of spring powder, with multiple days of snowfall coming through for the entire state of Colorado, starting on Monday and lasting at least through Friday. Maybe this bumps our snowpack back up to average, or maybe this postpones the meltout for a few more weeks. Spring? Well, it's a wacky time for snowfall, but I am sure that we're going to have at least one or two more powder days before all is said and done. That's exciting. Funk break! Well, now that we've talked about the spring transition for our snowpack, it's time to talk about the transition that happens in your backpack. Believe it or not, there is backcountry ski gear that sits on the shelf all winter long, rolling its eyes to the powder days and waiting for its moment to shine. I'm talking about the sharps. Because when all those surfaces are frozen solid in the early morning hours, golly, they sure can be slippery. In the spring, we start to carry spiky things to help us get better purchase on those firm surfaces as we're climbing up the mountain. The three sharps that most people know and love to use in the spring are ski crampons, boot crampons, and an ice axe. Now, I am not going to go deep in the weeds on what brands are best or how to shave grams by modding out your metal spiky things. Nope. For that, go check out wildsnow.com and the plethora of blog posts that they have on this exact matter. All I will say is that ski crampons need to match the brand or design of your bindings, as well as the width of your skis. Boot crampons should be durable enough to work when you need them, but also light enough that you don't mind tossing them in the pack. And ice axe selection should correspond to how you expect to use the tool. Are you boot packing up a coulard and using the axe as a cane for purchase and for self-arresting? Or are you swinging that axe overhead into an ice bulge or hooking onto a rocky edge to pull through a difficult crux? Now, which axe you choose, straight versus curve shaft, long versus short, um, pinky catch versus no pinky catch, well, that's ultimately going to depend on how you plan to use it. If I'm being honest, I think the sharp that gets the most play out of my quiver, it's probably the ski crampons. Because you can put them on earlier in the day, ascending big above tree line slopes and aprons, and often by the time you're booting up a line, the snow's already softened enough to kick steps into. Second in the list would probably be the boot crampons, and that's just because you were so speedy with your ski crampons that you need them for purchase climbing up the steep frozen coular. But honestly, the least used item, and often the one most visible on the outside of our pack so we look cool, that's the ice axe. I really only think about this tool if uh, the booting I'm going to be doing is super steep and I want to plunge the shaft of the axe for security, or if the snow is so firm that a slide would be hard to stop. 
Then I want the axe out for self-arresting purposes. Each of these tools has a specific application, and knowing how and when to use each is crucial. They each add weight to our packs, but they do serve an important purpose, and when you need them, you really need them. I, for one, have never been turned away from a spring line because my pack was too heavy. But I have had to bail because I forgot crampons and the snow was bulletproof. So this again goes back to my general attitude around backcountry preparedness. Hope for the best, but plan for the worst. And do you know what's even more crucial than the gear you bring for ski mountaineering? Well, the knowledge of how to use it. So, do you know how to arrest a fall in a steep icy couloir? Or how to use your PLA? Do you know all the different ways to climb in crampons? Or why you should never glissade with them on? Turns out backcountry skiing and mountaineering possess two different worlds of skills and techniques. And combining the two disciplines effectively, well, that requires some knowledge and experience. So don't be shy about hiring a guide to teach you these skills or finding that experienced mentor to show you the ropes. There are some techniques, tips, and tricks that you can only develop through years of experience in the mountains. And speaking of which, there are a few springtime backcountry hacks that I've learned over the years that I just got to share with you before I call it a season. So here we go. Number one, I always carry a scraper and skin wax in my pocket on a spring tour if glopping is even a possibility. Now, this is especially important after one of these spring squalls puts a few inches of pow out there and then it's followed by a sunny warm day. Skinning between sunny warm patches and shady cold patches of snow, that's going to cause snow to stick to the bottom of your skins and it is miserable. If you get glopping, consider stopping scraping your skins, and rubbing on a hard skin wax of some kind. Now, it may only last for a little while, but that glide that you momentarily feel, it'll give you the hope needed to carry on, even if only 20 minutes later, you have to do it all over again. Also, did you know that you can hot wax your skins? Yeah, I've done it, and it works pretty good, especially if your skins look super dry. But I'm not even going to go down that rabbit hole. We'll save that one for a future show. Number two, speaking of glopping, if you're suffering under heavy, wet pow on your top sheets during a spring pow day, then put some glide wax on your top sheets. I use the F4 Universal Temp Liquid Glide Wax and I just rub it all over the top sheets of my skis. It works decently at decreasing the amount of snow that you're unintentionally carrying up the hill. Number three, all right, if you're a sweat monster like me, hashtag sweat monster, and you're looking at a super hot sunny day ahead, I recommend you bring a change of socks. It feels amazing to strip off sopping wet socks halfway through a huge day and put on a pair of freshies. Seriously, it'll make your whole boot feel less sloppy on the up and the down. Now I like to do my sock change at a high transition point before sending down where hopefully there's a bit of a breeze to carry away the stank. Number four, do not trust any sunscreen that rubs in completely. If you don't want to get burned out there by the severe San Juan sunshine, then you better be caked like a clown. I'm talking ghost face killer levels of sunscreen, smeared on thick. Also, sun hoodies are clutch for those who fear the burn. And actually, I can't think of a single day of this winter where I went touring in the backcountry and I didn't wear a sun hoodie. 
So they're clutch every day of the season. Number five, uphilling shorts. No, I'm not kidding. Ski pants are just too hot for those scorching April corn days. So I start out in shorts for the uphill, and then I bring hard shells to slide over them for the way down. Now I'm still waiting for Black Diamond or Patagonia to come out with a pair of backcountry softshell zip-offs. <laughs> Those would be dope. Number six, hydration bladders. Guess what, folks? Gone are the days of frozen tubes and hot thermos drinks. On a scorching hot April day, you're just going to want water and lots of it, easily accessible throughout your tour. So, I bust out my bladder this time of year to stay hydrated, knowing that I'm going to be sweating profusely throughout the day. In the middle of the winter, I'm a total camel, and I bring one liter of water max. But in the spring, I bring at least two liters of water for those big, hot, sweaty days. And I also add some electrolytes to the water towards the end of the day to prevent the dreaded bonking. 7. Waterproof Gloves Spring snow climbing can be a wet, sloppy business. And if the surface is already heating up, well then the odds are good that your hands are going to get wet. So, just like with my sock game, I bring a pair of Kular climbing gloves that have a rubber coating on the outside for the up, and a warm, dry pair of gloves for the down. Picture a pair of long, insulated rubber gloves. You know, like the kind fishermen in Alaska wear. They're pretty cheap, they can be found at most hardware stores, and they can save your hands from becoming cold, clammy claws. Tip number eight. And lastly, if there's one tip that never fails in the spring, it's wake up early. Personally, I am horrible at this one, but we know that it's all about the timing in the spring, and you can easily stack the odds in your favor by just getting out there early. So if it's 4 a.m. and you're awake because you're running through that big day in your head, just get out of bed and get going. You can always take a nap on top of your line while you wait for the corn to ripen. All right, those are my hacks. So with all that, go dig through your gear bin and unearth those ski crampons. Make sure your boot crampons are adjusted to fit your ski boots and dial in how you're going to store that axe on the back of your pack. Hint, somewhere secure, accessible, and with all those sharp bits pointed away from the back of your head. Then make sure you know how to use all of it. Yeah, sure. YouTube is a good start, but seriously, go out and practice this stuff. Try arresting a fall with skis on your backpack. It's really not that easy. Then make sure your partners have their skills dialed in too. And remember, when in doubt, hire a guide for this sort of stuff. We've got lots of good guide services in the wands who specialize in spring ski mountaineering. So hit them up to learn the right way to do all of it. This truly is an awesome time to go play on our mountains. The days are long, the sun is strong, our snowpack gets a bit less sketchy, and the corn skiing can be all time. Just remember to time it early, pack the sharp stuff, watch for those overnight freezes, and invest in some high-quality sunscreen. All right, folks. Well, that is it for season one of the San Juan Snowcast. And what a ride it has been. October to April and everything in between. Whew. Can't thank you all enough for tuning in this winter and for all the support I've received along the way. My goal with this podcast was to keep you all up to date with what's going on in the sky and on the ground this winter in the San Juans. And with the exception of just two weeks, 
I was able to put out a new episode every Wednesday, all season long. And I'm pretty stoked on that. I sent out hundreds of stickers, received a bunch of generous donations, and ultimately, I was introduced to a bunch of new people in the Wands and across the state who reached out because of their passion for backcountry skiing and their gratitude for the podcast. So, thanks to everyone who tuned in or messaged me or asked for stickers or sent me some love and words of support. I really do appreciate it. Before I sign off, I do have one final community calendar announcement, and that is Venture Snowboards is once again hosting the annual Silverton Split Fest from April 14th through the 17th. Ride new lines, make new friends, learn new backcountry skills, and demo the latest splitboard gear at the ninth annual gathering of the Splitboard Tribe in Silverton. Now I'm going to throw a special shout out to Colton with the Silverton Avalanche School for reminding me about this event and for everybody over there in Silverton who's carrying the split and ski stoke into the spring. Check out VentureSnowboards.com for more information on the event. I truly feel like this is just the beginning of this journey, and I am so psyched to be back at it again next winter. There are so many topics and ideas that I had planned for this year that I just simply never got to. So I'm really looking forward to diving deeper into all the different things that shape our backcountry culture and community, as well as our snowpack and its stability. And while I always want to keep the core of this show focused around timely conditions updates, I'd love to use this platform to continue to explore the wide-ranging world of backcountry skiing and riding, from why we do it to how we can do it safer. And I want to continue to serve the ultimate mission of this project, which is to help people make better informed decisions and to reduce the number of avalanche accidents that happen in the San Juan Mountains on a yearly basis. So... With all that in mind, enjoy that spring skiing and riding, but don't let your guard down out there, folks. Avalanches can happen any month of the year in Colorado. Well, time for me to sign off and plan some big corn skiing missions. I seriously hope you enjoy the remainder of your backcountry season, and until next year. Thanks now! Thanks now!